inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. AFA at The Core here on American Family Radio Network. I'm glad to have you with us today on The Core. I'm Walker Wildman. I'll be with you for the hour, bringing, breaking down the news of the day, taking your calls in the second segment. And then we'll have on a special guest in the last segment, Becky Gerritsen. She's been on with us before. Uh, Becky will be, uh, she represents Eagle Form of Alabama, and she'll be bringing us the latest on her court battle against the Department of Justice, the Biden DOJ, uh, coming after Eagle Form of Alabama uh, over their support for and promotion of a Alabama state law that simply protects uh, young people from gender mutilation, from uh, bodily mutilation through the gender dysphoria movement. Um, that law is a very common sense uh, law that uh, protects young people from having life-altering surgeries uh, while they're still uh, underage. So we'll talk with Be- Becky Gerritsen about that. They actually had a pretty good uh, court ruling um, in recent weeks in Alabama, so you're, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. That'll be in the last segment of the show. We are in uh, Psalm chapter 48 this week, uh, Psalm chapter 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. This is uh, Psalm, chapter, Psalm chapter 48. Uh, great is the Lord and great, uh, greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation in, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled, they came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded, they were in panic, they took to flight. And so uh, this is Psalm chapter 48, and we're getting a glimpse into what eternity will look like. Verse 10, as your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Verse 11, let Mount Zion be glad, let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgment. So we, we, we see here in Psalm, David is, is highlighting the greatness of God, the magnificence, magnificence of God, and the future uh, coming kingdom, or as David calls it, um, the city of our God, which God will establish forever. That's verse 8 there. We have much to look forward to as the believer, much to be encouraged about as the believer. That's Psalm chapter 48. Well, jumping into some of our, our news for the day, we are going to take your calls in the second segment. If you want to call in, you can call 888-589-8840, But before you call, just hold your horses. Here's what I want us to talk about. I want us to talk about, I want to get your input on what went wrong for conservative or slash Republican candidates last week. Because there's a lot of talk out there about what went wrong, 
Um, there's there's the 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 the, well, the Democrats cheated. There's the ballot harvesting. There's well, we didn't have good Republican candidates. Well, Mitch McConnell pulled out his money from uh, pulled out money from Blake Masters and 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 uh, other other parts of the country. So so those candidates weren't properly funded. Um, Trump is a, is a, is a drag on the party. That's that's another thing that's getting floated out there. I'm just telling you what's being talked about. Not all these, of course, are viable or true, if any of them, but. I, I want to get your you, the American people, the listener, the voter, I want to get your assessment of what you think went wrong for conservative and Republican candidates last week. And, and I want us to be I want us to be thoughtful about this. Let's don't just go for the easy answer. Let's legitimately think through this because I'm still trying to put, wrap my brain around it. I'm still trying to wrap my brain on, around how you can have a terrible president with terrible policies and policy implications that are literally making American citizens go bankrupt. He's still going after his political opponents from three years ago through the Biden Department of Justice. Inflation's at record levels. The, I mean, the gas prices are astronomical. People can't afford groceries. They're, they're pushing this radical LGBTQ XYZ garbage on the American people. They're propagating lies amongst our young people. They think they're 78 genders. I mean, I genuinely was, was, was dumbfounded when I saw how well the Democrats did the other evening. And, and they were positioned in the Senate to do well because of just statistically speaking, how many Republicans were vulnerable in the U.S. Senate. They were. They almost had twice as many seats up for grabs, or twice as many seats to defend. But I want to know what you have to say. Call in. Uh, we'll take your calls. 888-589-8840-888-589-8840. Uh, Blake Masters in uh, Arizona has conceded to Mark Kelly. Uh, that's news as of uh, yesterday uh, afternoon. I do want to play a clip here. Uh, this is Carrie Lake, a Carrie Lake advisor on Mitch McConnell and how he abandoned Arizona. Clip two. Let's listen. Do you know how much money Mitch McConnell spent here? Zero. Zero dollars. Yep. Spent $40 million on Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Again, every time that Mitch McConnell touches anything, it goes like it, it. It's just a waste of money. I'm sure this is what's going to happen in Herschel Walker. They'll do the runoff in Georgia. They'll announce Carl Rove is going to run some obscure pack. Steal $75 million of Ken Griffin and other people's money. They're going to set it on fire running ridiculous television ads and lose us another Senate seat. So that's a Carrie Lake advisor. Carrie Lake's a gubernatorial uh, candidate in Arizona that just um, lost to Katie Hobbs, or at least is losing to Katie Hobbs. That's uh, still pending to a certain extent. But nonetheless, Carrie Lake's advisor says, look, Mitch McConnell completely abandoned Arizona. He put zero dollars into Arizona for Kerry Lake. And he abandoned uh, Blake Masters in Arizona. Pulled out of Arizona, did not support Blake Masters, even though uh, the McConnell war chest has millions upon millions. And so that's a problem. We're supposed to be a united front against the radical left, and then Mitch McConnell is bailing out of Arizona a month before the election. 
that does not bode well for the American people. That does not bode well for the Republican voters in Arizona. And you know what's fascinating is that when 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 it's rhinos, when it's Republicans in name only, when it's Mitch McConnell up against the far left, guess who always has his back? The evangelical Christians. The the the, the far conservative voters. They always have McConnell's back when McConnell is up against the radical left. But when it's when it's when it's hard conservatives that are up against the radical left, where is Mitch McConnell? Nowhere to be found. Absolutely nowhere to be found. Where has Mitch McConnell been? As we've got dozens of political prisoners in the D.C. jail, where is Mitch McConnell? Nowhere to be found. As Biden is running roughshod over our nation in multiple ways, abusing uh, executive authority, our, our border is wide open, inflation is rampant, Washington's spending more money than it has, where is Mitch McConnell? Absolutely nowhere to be found. Furthermore, today we have the vote on this so-called Respect for Marriage Act, even though it actually disrespects God's design for marriage. And this legislation, which is going to reaffirm the left's twisted view of marriage as being this union between as many people as they want, instead of one man, one woman, as God outlines, 47, this is a couple months ago, 47 Republicans in the House of Representatives signed on to this bill. This is the party that in their in their documents, in their platform, it says that marriage is definitively between a man and a woman and should be defended as such. But yet 47 of their members vote against their own platform. But then when they run for re-election, they get money from the people who support that platform. And today there's reports that up to 10 Republican senators are going to sign on to this terrible bill called the Respect for Marriage Act, which is going to codify different state laws that affirm the unbiblical view of marriage. So we've got 10-plus Republican senators that are going to sign on to this and support it, even though it directly contradicts the Republican Party platform. And where is Mitch McConnell? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. But if you want to ask him about Ted Cruz or you want to ask him about Blake Masters or you want to ask him about Donald Trump, well, he'll be glad to throw them under the bus. Absolutely, we'll throw them under the bus in a heartbeat. It's the Karl Rove strategy. It's the Bush era strategy. It's the losing strategy. And it's not the strategy that we need today. Um, wh- uh, a couple other things I want to get to before we take calls. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. Um, I-, I do want to play a clip from, um, this was actually on, uh, let's see, this was on Fox Business with, um, Uh, Bobby, who, who, who's the, the host, uh, not Cudlow, Varney, Stuart Varney, 
my name and his name escaped me. This is Stuart Varney. Uh, had on a New York businessman, longtime, 30-plus, 40-plus year friend of President Trump. Um, his name is John Katsimatidis. I just butchered that, but I gave it a shot. Um, he's the CEO of Greitstaden, Greitz, Greit? They, these are some, they need to change these names, Bobby. <laughs> he runs a major food store in New York. Let me just say that, all right? Uh, one of the one of the companies he runs is United Refining Company, um, and he's on on Fox Business. Questioned about President Trump, what should his strategy be? Can he win in twenty twenty four? And I thought this was some pretty good analysis. Uh, let's listen to this. This is on Fox Business. Uh, last one. Uh, you're a conservative guy, I believe. Yes. I think you'd own up to that. Trump probably going to come an announcement tonight, running for the presidency. You with him or against him? I know Donald Trump for 40 years. Yep. And when he was president, he made, he did a lot of great things. Yep. A lot of great things. And he had the world respect of world leaders. Yep. And my only concern is the way uh, he comes up with some of these things that he comes up with. Okay. You know, whether the Twitters or whatever. Do you think but he was the, he would go down in history as, as great as, as Ronald Reagan, if he just kept to the, uh, 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 to, to the problems of the world versus creating problems with other candidates. Okay, the, the gentleman's name is John Katsimatidis. John Katsimatidis. Yeah, try to say that five times. He's uh, a CEO of a company in New York, does a lot of grocery store operations, rental properties, et cetera, et cetera. And he was on there talking about the economy. He actually had a very interesting segment on there with um, Stuart Varney. But he said, look, Trump just needs to, to back off attacking his allies, those who are with him in the movement, and focus on Joe Biden and the disaster presidency that he's having. Couldn't agree more. 100%, 1,000%. That should be the Donald Trump strategy heading into 23 and 24 we don't need to be going after our allies and no mitch mcconnell's not an ally for those saying that we got to go after our foes namely joe biden we'll take your calls after the break 888-589-8840 888-589-8840 be back in a few So Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stopped. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Often when the concept of intercession is raised, we normally think about prayer. And we should. Prayer is one form of intercession. Here we see another, living intercession. At the climax of a plague, Aaron runs into the fray, armed with incense, and where he stands, the plague stops. Aaron literally stands between the living and the dead. May God move us to be living intercessors for our day, and where we take our stand in Christ, the plague stops. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Where did you learn that? This might be your reaction when your girl spouts the latest euphemism from the Urban Dictionary. Theologians and sociologists alike recognize that today's Western culture is post-Christian. This means your girl's friends might be more familiar with morality lessons on the Disney Channel than the Bible. Trusting culture to guide the human heart has resulted in moral relativism. So how does God redeem culture while we contend for the faith? Treat your home as a training ground, intentionally teaching God's commands and character. Turn to the Bible as the guide in all areas of family life. This strengthens your girl to face the enemy's flaming arrows meant to cripple her faith. Remember, the Holy Spirit is with you both at every step. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Jesus' name. 
Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. It's Worship Wednesday, and that was the song In Jesus' Name by Michael W. Smith, Nat, uh, Michael W. Smith, Natalie Grant, and Michael Tate. Um, it's Worship Wednesday, and that's our song for today. Well, uh, back into some of the uh, things I want to talk about, and we do have some, some callers on the line uh, with their input of what went wrong last week. Um, the... Um, you know, the, the the dilemma or what's going to dominate the news cycle over the next probably 12 to 18 months is is the, the Republican primary. 18 months is a pr- probably a little little extensive, but the Republican Party primary, um, that's going to dominate the uh, headlines and the media is going to hone in on that really to try to distract from the Biden administration's failures over the next two more years. Um. All I've got to say on that is is two things. Number one, I'm going to resist. I really don't want to jump on the on the bash Trump bandwagon. I really don't think it's cool. I don't mind criticizing President Trump. Uh, I've done it on the show a couple of times when he when he's done things wrong. Um, but there's a lot of folks out there that that's that's all they want to do is, is bash Trump for the next eighteen to twenty four months. I just think that's a loser. I just think that that's a loser. I think it's a losing focus of, of the, the real problems we face. Uh, but but secondly, the uh, uh, Trump needs to be careful about which bridges he wants to burn. Trump needs to be careful about which bridges he wants to burn because his coalition is not as big today as it was um, five to six years ago. His coalition is not as big today as it was when he ran in 15 and 16. In 16, he had he had everybody on our side on his team. Everybody. Um, but now, w- with all the people that he fired during his administration, all the people he's he's took taken jabs at on Twitter, and 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 everybody he's alienated on our side, um, the coalition's just not as big. So that's a challenge that he faces. And he's going to have to figure out, how do I rebuild the coalition? How do you rebuild the coalition? I think one of the ways you rebuild the coalition is you don't do the name calling and you don't you don't call out Lion Ted and Little Marco. I just don't think that's a winner. I don't think that's how you beat Biden in 24. Um, I know there's going to be the, the debates and, and, the, and the, the spats between the primary candidates. I get that. It's a primary. It happens every single time. What do you expect? Um... But but he's got a record where he he I think he can win the Republican primary without going that low. I mean, he's got four years as president where he did some amazing things for this country. And as that clip said in the last segment, arguably one of the one of the greatest presidents since Reagan, I would say the greatest president since Reagan, one of the greatest presidents in our nation's history, considering that the, what what he was up against. Um, so President Trump's got some potential. Uh, but he's got to keep the coalition together, and that's going to be his challenge uh, going into this primary. Uh, we'll go and listen to not what I have to say, but what our listeners have to say. Uh, we'll go to Kathy in the state of Missouri. Hey, uh, Kathy, you're on the air. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, the Republican Party has been going downhill, I believe, for quite a while. They don't stand on the wonderful platform we have. Mm. If they had supported 
candidates and the, the big rhinos had come out and said, okay, this is the platform. We're going to give money for you. I think if they'd pushed the platform, they would have all done better. I think a lot of the rhinos are, are staying in there to protect their own positions, and they don't want the competition, is my opinion. You know, Kathy, I, I agree with your assessment there. Pretty good assessment. The, uh, Republican establishment, uh, the, the career politicians in Washington don't want to have to bother with the conservative candidates. So what do they do? They just abandon them, and they keep the status quo. They keep the uniparty status quo in Washington. Makes sense. They've done it before. Uh, why wouldn't they do it again? Very, very good assessment there. And uh, to your point about being strong on the issues, standing behind the platform, standing behind convictions and principles, that's proven. That's a proven method. It works. It works. I mean, look at, look at DeSantis in, uh, in, in Florida. Look at various Republican governors, various re- pro-life Republican governors around the nation. They all won because they were unashamed they were unabashed and they stood for something uh, that people could latch onto instead of uh, things that are fleeting and and really hard to latch onto. Uh, let's go to Earl in Kansas. See what Earl has to say. Welcome to the court. Yes, uh, my issue is that right now the Republicans are so much backbiting each other that they're worried about their agenda ahead of the party's agenda. And when you can pick and choose who you want to uh, back instead of backing those who are solid in our Republican Party, then I think we're just going to continue fighting the liberals. Because right now the liberals seem to be more organized. And over the years, any party that has been well organized usually runs things their way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, your your assessment that the the left is organized, they are organized, and they do have a lot of money behind their movement. That's that's statistically proven. Um, conservatives are relatively organized too. We we've, we've made a lot of leaps in uh, being organized, so hopefully that'll come up and uh, surpass the left and the progressives. Uh, let's go to Wade in the state of Texas. Hey, Wade, you're on. What what you got on your mind, Wade? Uh, yes, I'm from a mid-sized town in Texas, and uh, what I've noticed is that all of the negative uh, commercials and, and input that we get is from the Republican National Committees or their aides. My local mayor won, and he never made a negative comment about his opponent at all. He just continued to voice what the people are needing here and what he can do to get it there. You know, that's a really good good assessment, Wade. So so could it be, and I'll, I'll let you go and, and comment on this, could it be that there's a major disconnect between convincing voters that Biden's terrible and convincing them that you can do something about it? I mean, could that be the disconnect? Because when you look at the exit polling, 73% of voters on election day said that the, the country's headed in the wrong direction. But clearly that didn't translate over to the voting rolls. That didn't translate over to the ballot booth. So so could it be that, that voters agree that Biden's a disaster, 
but they're just not confident that Republicans can do anything about it. Have Republicans lost the trust? I'm talking broadly here. Have Republicans in Washington lost the trust of the voters and the confidence that they can actually fight back and defeat the socialist? Very, very interesting point uh, there out of Texas. Let's go to Chris in Texas. Back to Texas. Talk to Chris. Chris, what's on your mind? Hey, Walker. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I've been listening to you for quite a while. I love your show. Um, my comment is is that, um, yes, Trump and DeSantis are having their little, you know, spat right now. But what I don't think people know is right now um, the, um, the, what do I want to say, the, the um, rhinos and um, other people on the, on the left are trying to build up DeSantis to run against Trump. And, and with that being said, why do they want to stop Trump so bad? And yeah. the only reason why is because he's the only one that could stand up to them, to the cartels, to the, the elites or whatever you want to call it, you know, the, in, in the, I guess, in the White House and the, the World Economic Forum. He didn't want us even involved in that. And that's why they're they're um, hitting him so hard, and Trump knows what they're trying to do to DeSantis, and that's why he said that. But I think Trump is really going to back off on that, and I think he's going to unite the party. And um, and if it comes down between Trump and DeSantis, I will vote for Trump. Yeah. Well, uh, appreciate that call, Chris, and uh, pretty interesting assessment there. Um, and I, I do agree that much of the Trump v. DeSantis uh, hype has been brought on by the media and the pundits. I mean, I mean, pretty much uh, all of the hype has been brought on by the media and the pundits. And yes, the media would love to Trump for Trump and DeSantis and other conservative leaders to fight against each other. I mean, the media just loves that. They eat it up. They're going to amplify it above and beyond. So very good point there, Chris. And, and you're right. Trump does have a proven record as being a former president and serving in that role uh, of being a leader and following through on his promises. So that's what Trump has on his resume. DeSantis has that at a state level. Uh, DeSantis has that at a state level. So very, uh, very good points there, Chris. Appreciate the call in. Uh, let's go over to up to Virginia, talk to Sarah. Hey, Sarah, you're on the core. What's on your mind? Hi, thank you. Yes, I just wanted to say that Trump is a very competitive person, which is part of what made him such a great international leader. But he also has a New York City sense of humor. And so to try and separate him from part of his personality would be a mistake because that's just part of who he is. And so I think people need to stop making such a big deal about his New York City sense of humor, which is kind of tough. New York City people call people names all the time. It's not something to be taken so personally. He doesn't necessarily always mean that. It's just part of his way of lightening things up. And also, it's part of his competitive nature, and so which is part of what made him such a great international leader, which is extremely important. Yeah, yeah, good points there, Sarah. Appreciate the call, and 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 you're right. Um, trying to trying to parse out Trump's personality, he's probably a loser. 
Uh, you know, it's either all of Trump or none of Trump. That's uh, probably true. Um, you know, I, I don't think I, – I, I understand what you're saying about the name-calling, and we don't need to overemphasize it. I, I do agree. We've got we've got major problems in this nation, and I'm not going to harp on every day that he calls people names. Um but that doesn't that doesn't mean it's right or good or serves any good purpose. I mean, I really don't see any I haven't seen any research out there, anything that says that calling his his allies names advances our cause. All right. And this is one thing we've got we've got to understand, folks, is is what what kind of movement are we gonna have when there is no more Trump? All right. So so let's just say Let's let's look ahead eight ten years. Let's say Trump gets reelected. Let's say there's there's four more years of Donald Trump twenty twenty five January twenty twenty five, and Ford President Trump gets another term. President Trump uses up all his terms. We're heading to twenty thirty. I know we're talking a long ways out, and there's no more Donald Trump rallies. Donald Trump's down at Mar-a-Lago in his eighties golfing. What are we gonna do? What's our strategy gonna be? Are we going to find somebody that calls people names because that worked 10 years ago? So, so we've really got to think long-term here. And that's why, that's why the, 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 the Trump or nobody is also a losing strategy. Now, now, now don't get me wrong. If, if, if Donald Trump wins the primary, you better bet. You better bet people like myself are going to go to the ballot box in in uh, in 2024 happily voting for Trump because he's got a proven record of fighting for our values for the most part. Um so so once again this is not going to uh, I don't want to turn this into a never Trump show or we're just going to sit here and bash Trump. I think that's a waste of time, but we we can't be so narrow-minded to think that Donald Trump is the only human on the face of this planet that can fight for our values because if that's where we're settling then once again, in eight to ten years, or in six years, where are we going to go? We have to have a deep bench of leaders that can include President Trump that are willing to fight for American values, that are willing to fight for American greatness, and are willing to defend our Constitution. I think it can be all of the above. I think we can have Donald Trump on our bench. I think we can have Ron DeSantis on our bench. I think we can have Mike Pompeo on our bench. I think we can have a deep bench of leaders that work together to fight for America. But we got to get past this primary. We've got to get past this primary. Let the Republican voters choose their leader. It may be Donald Trump. It may not be. But either way, we've got a common enemy. And that common enemy is the people who hate God, hate our nation, and hate our Constitution. That's where we've got to unite. Be back in a few. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr 
president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap Weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and the persecuted church around the world is paying a heavy price simply for following the Lord Jesus Christ. Warlocks burned down the home and shanty church that Emilio pastors in Chiapas, Mexico, near the border of Guatemala. And these male witches, they surrounded the homes of church members so they couldn't leave for two weeks. All of this because Christians oppose their pagan worship, but they lovingly share the gospel with those who persecute them. Listen, hundreds have come to Christ, and when I ask these heroes of the faith, how can we pray for you? They never say pray for an end to our suffering because they know God's working through it. What they pray for is that new believers will be able to endure and persevere under tremendous hardship, and you can do that when you can open your own Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10 $500 sends 100 Please, in this season of giving, pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. I am very grateful to Dr. Don Wildman and his son and grandsons for the American Family Association and American Family Radio. Their stand in boldness for biblical family values and for the Bible as God's inspired and fallible word is greatly needed today. I marvel as they and all on their team are willing to stand against the unbiblical and sinful culture of today. In the media world especially, they stand strong when so many have withered and caved in. Join me in lifting AFA and AFR and all of its leaders in prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit that utterance may be given, boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio Network. Um, I do want to take one more call uh, before we jump to our guests that we have on with us. Uh, We'll go back to the uh, phone lines and we will talk to... Uh, Roy in uh, Kansas. Uh, Roy, you're on with us in Kansas. What's on your mind? Well, thank you very much. Uh, just first to say thank you for uh, taking my call and uh, for the AFR program. Um, i just like to say I'm a retired 18-year uh, uh, military person as well as a preacher of the gospel for over 30 years. I think one of the problems that we're having uh, in the Republicans, and as we talk about rhinos, uh, it appears that many of uh, us have I have turned away from what the Bible is telling us, and we begin to really look at a man and uh, bring about a solution. Now, obviously, all of that, uh, we need that, but the Word of God is, is what what we need to look at, and uh, if we don't 
govern ourselves by God's word, then all we're going to do is keep beating our heads against the wall. And we got to come together uh, the way that Jesus Christ has told us and do what he is telling us to do and pray for our nation because these others, they are really bringing us down in a pit. And so I just want to continue to pray, pray for AFR and all of our listeners. We yeah. got to get a handle on what God's word is telling us. Amen, Roy. Amen. Good, good way to end the calls. Excellent point there, Roy. Uh, uh, Roy, the ultimate solution for our nation and for the world is is a is a drawing to God, is a clinging to God and His Word at a personal level, spiritual renewal for many, spiritual awakening. If we if we do that in our homes, in our personal lives, in our communities, in our churches across the board, uh, we will see uh, cultural things change. We will see political change happen. Uh, Many people say, and it's true, it stands true, that politics is downstream from culture. Uh, So if we have cultural renewal, cultural revival, uh, in a Christian biblical sense, uh, we will see positive change happen downstream. Very good point, Roy. Got to keep our priorities in order. Got to remember where our beliefs, where our values, where our worldview is formed from, and that's out of the Word of God. Do want to introduce our next guest. We have on with us a uh, 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 frequent, our once before guest of the show, Becky Garrison. She's the executive director over at Eagle Forum, Alabama. Hey, Becky, welcome back to the Corp. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm. This is a, a good news report, which we all need these days. Absolutely, Becky. Hey, I had you on about, I guess, maybe a month or two ago about uh, how the Biden Department of Justice was coming after your group there in in Alabama, Eagle Forum of Alabama, uh, over your uh, fighting for, promoting, and ultimately passing a very good law that protects young people against the gender dysphoria movement, uh, these transgender surgeries that are very devastating for young people. Your group helped pass that in Alabama the Biden DOJ came after your group with a vengeance in court. Uh, give us an update of that legal battle. Well, thank you again for having me on. So the DOJ decided that um, since we had a hand in making all of this happen and passing this good law, they sent us a subpoena with 11 broad categories of information they wanted or demanded us to give over all of our communications with our legislators, meeting minute notes, um, all our social media posts. I mean, it just went on and on. Now they're fighting about the court, whether it's constitutional or not. So what we would have said in a presentation or what we would have said to our legislators, this really has no bearing on the case. So we filed a motion to quash that subpoena. We said, no, you are not entitled to this information and we're not going to give it to you. And they, of course, there was a lot of back and forth, but the judge finally had a ruling on our quash motion, and he did quash it in its entirety. And he had some very scathing uh, things to say to the DOJ. And he said, um, well, one thing, that the materials are unlikely to reveal or lead to any information that would help resolve the fundamental issue in this case. He also talked about at the beginning of the hearing, it was so interesting to watch him. He said when he read that subpoena, before he had read any of the arguments on either side, he just read the subpoena. And it was jaw-dropping. Like, what in the world are they doing? 
He mm. really was shocked that, you know, putting words in his mouth, but he, he did talk about how it was so surprising to him to see something like this. So we are very thankful that the judges ruled this way. We had several amicus briefs that were written in support of us. One of them had 53 signers on it from organizations to state and national legislators and think tanks, because they know if they're going to come after Eagle Forum for this kind of advocacy, they're going to come after the others. So just about a week ago or a week and a half ago, I believe, we filed sanctions now against the DOJ for this um, outrageous subpoena against us. And we're waiting for the judge to rule on that. But that would help cover legal fees and um, a lot of the damages that have been placed on us because of this. Let me ask you this, Becky, and, and I know you have great lawyers there in Alabama and around the country helping to represent you guys, but but just for in layman's terms, if you will, uh, you, you your your group uh, petitioned the judge to squash um, or quash whatever terminology is proper there, but basically put an end to the Biden DOJ efforts to subpoena and reveal your group's uh, private information, personal information. Yes. Um, then you just said there was another move that you guys did recently to sanction the Biden DOJ through the court system. What makes that different? What 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 does that exactly mean? Okay, that's a great question. So, if a subpoena is given um, in a way that looks like it's in in a threatening manner, or it's um, it's not appropriate, it's not that they're really looking for information to help with the case. It's a, a form of harassment. And when you look at the things they were asking for, um, it's very clear that they violated many of the rules of how you're supposed to deal with a subpoena, which entitles us. Those are sanctionable actions. Mm. And we really need to stand strong and stand up for our rights and help the DOJ to back off. And Mm. so that is why we are filing sanctions against them. Now, we have no idea how the judge will rule. But it was just another step that they they were wrong, and they need to have they need to pay for that. Yeah, that so so that helps, and that's important, uh, Becky, because it's one thing to have the move by the Biden DOJ stopped through the uh, uh, through the court action that happened about a month or so ago, yeah. but then you're going farther here, which is brilliant, and we need more fighters like this. You're going a step farther and say, no, no, no. Not only did the Biden DOJ do something wrong and immoral and illegal, but they're going to have to pay for it. They're going to have to pay the attorney's bills because, to your point, you can't – and this is what you guys are probably getting at here – is you can't just go around subpoenaing Mm -hmm. people just willy-nilly because you feel like it and you don't like their politics. That that should have consequences. That should make the Biden DOJ pay uh, to hopefully uh, fend them off from doing this to other groups in the future. Yes, definitely. It's a very strong way to hold them accountable. So we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll need to come back on in a couple of weeks and let you know how that turns out. Yeah. Hey, Becky, uh, I know I know um, you, you're having to you got to have lawyers. And this is what this is the strategy of the left. And that is to bankrupt conservatives. Uh, that's what they're doing mm-hmm. to they're trying to do to you guys. That's what they're doing with the Biden. Uh, I'm sorry. That's what they're doing with Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro. Uh, the list goes on. All the great patriots who've helped uh, defend our country, who helped defend P- President Trump, uh, they're trying to bankrupt them. And in some cases, unfortunately, uh, they're being successful. How can our listeners, yes. where can they go to f- help fund your legal fees? Well, this would be wonderful. We um, Not only is it a hit 
financially for organizations to have to do to do this. But we are a small yet very effective organization. But this having to deal with them has been a full time job, which takes us off the mission of the good work that we're doing. Yep. And so people can definitely help us by going to alabamaeagle.org and any amount um, helps in just fighting for our principles, fighting for our liberties. And oh, this is just such a mess. But anyway, we, we would love any help that people could give and, and know that it's going to a good cause because we are winning. We yeah. are standing up and people across the country are really grateful uh, for what we've been able to do. And we're grateful to God for allowing the judge to rule in our favor. Amen. That's uh, alabamaeagle.org, alabamaeagle.org. I'll tell you what, Becky, uh, now more than ever, uh, people who love our country, love our Constitution, we got to stick together uh, because this yes. is a com- we have a common enemy, we have a common war uh, that we're waging, and uh, I'm actually encouraged. I- I've seen a lot of groups and a lot of individuals work together to fight back against this garbage um, at, 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 le- at levels not seen before. Uh, so that's that's a good thing that we're mm-hmm. all working together. We've got a common goal to save our nation. And uh, appreciate your work there, Becky. And uh, we'll have you on again soon, hopefully with an update. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And happy Thanksgiving to you all. Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Uh, Becky's URL is alabamaeagle.org. She's fighting in Alabama uh, with the group Eagle Forum there um, and uh, making a lot of lot of headway uh, in Alabama. So go over to alabamaeagle.org and support their work, help fund, and offset their legal fees. Uh, moving to a few other stories on uh, the war uh, for America. There was a good court victory um, against uh, President Biden's HHS, uh, that's Department of Health and Human Services, um, rule that was going to force these uh, medical facilities, healthcare uh, in, uh, entities, even doctors and nurses, to treat um, patients that are struggling with gender dysphoria, but not just treat them, but to give them treatments and surgeries that are in direct violation of many doctors and medical systems' uh, religious beliefs. Uh, We covered this about two months ago on the program. We had on a Heritage uh, Foundation rep to talk about it. But this this, uh, order was struck down, or this rule, rather, was struck down in court uh, by America First Legal, headed up by Stephen Miller, a good, good patriot there, good fighter. Um, American First Legal sued the Biden administration over this rule, and it was struck uh, down by a federal judge. Um, so that's a, a good news. I'm sure it'll be appealed. It'll work its way through the courts. But uh, I asked the listeners to take action on that, to write, uh, to fill out a comment on the HHS website through the rulemaking comment section and period. Um, and a lot of you guys did. We had AFA had thousands of, of, of supporters uh, fill out comments uh, to the Biden administration to halt that terrible uh, rule. So your efforts have paid off. That has been tied up in the court. Uh, so good uh, for those who took action. Um, I do want to highlight a few other things. The... Um, um, let's listen to this clip. This is uh, clip five, and I have a point behind it. This is Jonathan Carl from ABC, and he's talking about the theories and the, the mumblings about Donald Trump being indicted 
indicted at some point in the near future. Clip five, let's listen. Those close to Donald Trump clearly fear it. And it's not just what the January 6th committee is doing. It's obviously uh, the what is happening in New York in terms of the civil and criminal cases against this company. Uh, it's the case in Georgia where you had uh, Brian Kemp fresh off his victory, re-election victory as, as the Republican governor of Georgia testifying uh, before the grand jury there. And perhaps the most immediate threat, uh, the, the, the documents case, the classified documents case, uh, the documents that he took with him from the White House. And I, I tell you, I spoke just last night with somebody very close to Donald Trump who said point blank that a big part of uh, his thinking here, and maybe the decisive uh, factor, is believing that an indictment is coming and uh, it'll be he'll be in a better position to fight that if he is a presidential candidate and he can portray it as just a political uh, persecution. So that that is very much on the mind of Donald Trump and the people around him. So that's uh, Jonathan Carl from ABC. Not a typical source that we use, but nonetheless, kind of giving us a backdrop of the potential indictment of of former President Trump. Uh, The reason I play that is because I want us to understand that the the price that Donald Trump has paid for being our president, the price they are still talking about going after Donald Trump, and the fellow has been out of the White House for two years, just about two years. So so Donald Trump, the former president, has been out of the White House for nearly two years, and they are still going after him, trying to prosecute him criminally. And the, the, the main reason I bring that up is because I want us to understand whoever our leaders are, Whoever's the face of the movement, whether it be Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, whoever, they will be sought after with a vengeance, no matter who they are. So it, 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 we don't need to be deceived in thinking that, that if Donald Trump moves to the wayside, if there's no more Donald Trump, then all of a sudden the vicious attacks by the DOJ and the deep state and the Biden Department of Justice are going to all of a sudden go away. They're not going to come after our quote-unquote new leader, Whoever that may be, that's just a farce. That's not true. Whether it's Donald Trump or whoever leading the conservative cause, the Biden team and the deep state will go after them. They will go after them with a vengeance, with the goal of incriminating them and bankrupting them. We must not forget that. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.